This is Puck Year, New Zealand's hockey podcast with hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury, bringing you the best stories and interviews from down under. Yeah, it's been a while, but uh, Puck Year's back. Um, I guess taking a bit of a break because uh, worked pretty damn hard during March and April covering the uh, international window with the Ice Ferns and the Ice Blacks. Needed a bit of a refresher. And then, of course, we're now into the NZI Chow. Uh, Joe is joining me, of course, through FaceTime in Auckland, and I'm here in Sydney. What's up, Joe? G'day, mate. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good, man. Um, I mean, it's awesome that the NZHL, like, it, it feels like the season ended. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like yesterday. We, yeah, I feel like we just awarded the Admirals Cup and the Cup, and now here we are again, uh, rolling into 2019. But um, it's been a pretty uh, interesting first couple of weeks in the league already. <clears throat> there's, um, there's a lot of shots happening. The Admirals are basically shooting 400,000 shots a game. Yeah, I gotta like, I gotta wonder there. I feel like it's a bit different from last year. Are we like, do we just have really generous shot counters, or are the guys actually letting that many pucks through to the goalies? Yeah, it's. um, I guess the analytics department, if they ever worked for any of the teams, would be having a meltdown (laughs) defensively. It's like, holy, like what? 60 shots and 70 shots a game. It's crazy. Yeah. I wish um, NZHL teams got on board with that. I like, and, you know, having analytics and advanced stats and stuff. But I mean, it's a huge undertaking. But like, I mean, I was listening. I'm really enjoying, um, probably shouldn't talk about another hockey podcast on, on this one, but I've been really enjoying uh, 31 Thoughts lately. Um, you know, Merrick and uh, Friedman, probably two of the greatest uh, minds in hockey at the moment. I just love the way they talk about the game. And uh, they were, they're telling a story about um, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and how a ticket guy yes, basically put yeah. his hand up uh, to help out um, uh, Kyle Dugas. Yeah. Track shots, basically. Yeah. In uh, position. And now, now he's a video coach for the Texas Stars. Like, that's yeah. awesome. Um, so maybe we'll see that kind of thing one day in the league. Uh, but who knows? Well, to be fair, they, there's, there's issues with the regular stats currently. So <laughs> <laughs> getting advanced stats, maybe, uh, maybe a little bit down the road. Speaking, yeah. Speaking of issues, bit of a, um, kind of a, I guess when I say quirky start to the season with the, with the way the schedules run, you know, we had, I think the way that we called it, we said it was the season opener and then the following week you had round one and, of course, now we're uh, coming out of round two. Um, but the whole thing with that season opener and then I, you were saying like before we started recording that how the Admirals and the Red Devils are playing each other, um, like they're getting all their games out of the way within the first three weeks. But the whole thing of that is that season opener is actually their round seven matchup but i couldn't call right. it round i couldn't call it round seven because people will be like but it's the first week um so i was like yeah i'll call it the season opener and then yeah no one batted an eye really uh i kind of i kind of liked it i liked having that one weekend where there was a just one feature round i guess to tick things off ideally you would have had it as like the admirals versus the swarm as kind of like the mm-hmm. uh, not the swarm the the stampede is the um the finals replay um, yeah. and just had that as like a feature opening round. 
um, down in Queenstown, so they at least played the games at night, which would have been good. Um, but it's yeah, it's a little bit weird now. Canterbury and West Auckland will never ever see each other ever again <laughs> until twenty twenty. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So I mean, obviously, I think there must have been a scheduling clash there with Alpine Ice in Christchurch. Um, so they brought it forward to a week before the season actually started, but. Um, and then we had the fog. We had yeah. fog shutting everything down. Jeez, I, that's crazy. Like, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Like, fog seems to wreak havoc on Auckland Airport at this time of year. But it was Christchurch as well. Like, um, yeah, I guess just those sort of low lying airports are just really susceptible to uh, New Zealand fog. Yeah, you you being Australian now, the weather here has absolutely shit itself. <laughs> so um, hopefully, it doesn't affect things going forward in the season because now they have to fit that whole swarm red devils weekend later on Mm. and if anything else happens they're gonna be pretty fucked for timing yeah uh yeah a little bit but i think uh i think it'll um it's definitely looking like early july just looking at the schedule there is a gap there with both teams aren't playing so um yeah, so it might fit in quite nicely there. Um, probably by the time this podcast is out, it, it would be announced. And so, yeah, you'll know. Um, but I think, man, though, definitely in the first, well, the season opener, uh, I think I wish we could have seen more of the Red Devils, um, like seen them against the Swarm. We haven't even seen the Swarm yet. That's the crazy no. thing. <laughs> but, do, they ha- do they still have a team? I, I, I want to know. Like, I really want to see how Michelle Cox does as coach. I think it's awesome that there is a, a female head coach in the league. And, of course, yeah, I really I really want to see how Rick Perry goes. Because um, mm, Wearing was... that weird white and purple. <laughs> is it purple? I think it's purple. I thought it was like more like a really dark maroon. Maroople? Marupal. Yeah, sure, why not? But uh but yeah, there was a promo photo and it was like Rick Perry, uh Stephen Mawson, um damn, I can't remember who the other player was right now, but I um I think it came out while I was overseas with the Ice Blacks and I said to Rick, I was like, you know what? Those um those colours suit you, man. Like they actually work really well with your pads that he already had. Like so <laughs> if that was uh, part of the choice, it probably wasn't, but hey, it looked good. So yeah, it was still waiting to see the swarm. Um, which is crazy that we have to wait this long, but you know, thanks a lot, Fog. Um, but the Red Devils, man, like, yeah, so like the Admirals kind of ran them into the ground in the first game of, uh, you know, the round two, well, round two series, no, round three. What are we at? see? This is what I'm talking about. We're, we're round in round two, th- yeah, we're in round, round two. two A, <laughs> two A, yeah, um. Yeah, ran them into the ground in the first game. Um, but and that was great too. That was a, fr- a Friday night game in, in Avondale. Yeah, and I think the crowd did well to get there despite the time and, you know, Auckland mm-hmm. sucking with traffic. But uh, And, of course, you had the um, the super fans all there coming up from Palmy. So props to them that they made that work. I mean, you knew they were going to, but it just shows, shows how much they love their team. Uh, but I think that, that season opener is what I've been trying to get trying to get to um, the Red Devils, I think really surprised a lot of people. Yeah. It was, I mean, you'd, you'd think that West Auckland would come and just continue the dominance. And it might've been a little bit of a, a shock to the system of, Hey, this isn't as easy as what it was last year. Mm. Um, Canterbury played pretty, 
pretty well, actually. And I mean, they got outshot by about a hundred thousand to one, but um, in terms of speed and physicality, they played really well. Mason Kennedy absolutely destroyed a guy. Uh, <laughs> not not just a guy, a six foot seven guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was a great hit, and I, I know that even featured on Smashed and Bro over here. So pretty cool. I mean, it's good to see Canterbury like they they were a dominant uh, franchise for so long, and then really lost their way and a good strong Canterbury team is important to the league I think yeah totally I mean you would say that because you're from Canterbury yeah that's true a little bit biased (laughs) uh no it is great to see obviously you've um the the import goalie Adam Goss coming over from the UK Mm. uh played for Milton Keynes uh looks incredible he's Scottish I love that. <laughs> uh, always love a Scotsman. Um, yeah, no, he was unbelievable in those first two games. Big part of why they were able to do what they were. I mean, they took one game. You know, definitely, I would have definitely given the Admirals a bit of a fright. And then, of course, the Admirals are losing both games to the Thunder. Um, mm. I think it's, that sh- it shows there's, hopefully, we're seeing uh, parity coming into the league here. Yeah, I mean, you've got a you've got a little soft spot in your heart for Dunedin with those fantastic jerseys that they've got. Yeah, God, they look and, and Paris High just being the absolute god that he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a man crush going on there, I think, with, with, with Paris. I love that. I mean, just I just every time I watch him play, I'm just like, how how are you doing? what you do man like it's i i think matt whiff and the thunder commentator says it best when he calls him captain fantastic it's just like, oh yeah it's just crazy like he could it's like highlight real goals almost every week um yeah. and i think maybe i'm really hoping that this is the year that we see the thunder back in the final as well it could happen definitely could as, happen as long as and this is this is going out to the people of the Dunedin Thunder. Please, if you do go on a run, don't embrace that terrible Imagine Dragons song, Lightning and Thunder, and turn it into your your Gloria like the Blues have. Please don't do that because that is an abomination of a song. I feel like uh, I want I want to say that they probably have more taste than that. Who was the NHL team that used that song? A lot? The Lightning. Oh, the light- yeah, that's right. Of course it was. But then it says it says thunder in it. It doesn't make any sense. Mm, I guess it's a loose reference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. What was uh, I was watching the um, the Billboard Music Awards a few weeks ago, and I think it was best rock, best rock song, and yep. Imagine Dragons were nominated twice in the category. Oh yeah, they was- are a, they're a rock band and a half. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was just like, please don't give it to them. <laughs> and it was, yeah, so they got, I think they won, did they win Rock Song? And then Best Alternative was Panic at the Disco. It was like, Panic at the Disco are the most pop band currently going. I was just, I mean, I was just there to support my guy, Drake. I was like, yeah. I was so stoked that he was, um, yeah, basically everything he got nominated for. He's like, yeah, sweet, I'll take it. And now he's like, won the most Billboard uh, Music Awards in history. <laughs> it was just crazy. Um, and it's and it's soon going to be a what like is he is he officially part of the Raptors? He, he is. Would, a, he's he an would ambassador, get a, right? He would get he a, would get a he, ring. He would get a ring for sure. He has to. Right. He is. He is. 
Um, yeah, we'll probably derail this podcast a little bit with a bit of NBA chat, but uh, Joe and I are both um, Raptors fans. Um, I caught the bug while I was living over there in 2013, 14, when they were just starting to get good. Um, mm. I was there. Uh, Sarah and I were actually at, I think it was like one of the very first Jurassic Park um, things where everyone like watches the game outside. And they were up against the Brooklyn Nets. And Masai Majeri, the man, the puppeteer behind the Raptors, comes out on stage and like says, fuck Brooklyn, let's go. And everyone loses their their minds. And uh, like we were right there front row. And I was just like, holy shit. And just, it's become this iconic moment uh, in the franchise now. And now they're in the NBA finals for the first time against the freaking Golden State Warriors, of course. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, we're pulling, I think both of us like the Stanley Cup finals. We're pulling for the Blues and here we're pulling for the Raptors. Yep. Absolutely. Um, sick Could of seeing you... a Boston team win. And sick of yeah, and we cannot, cannot, I cannot stomach seeing the Bruins <laughs> win and a Boston team win again. But I bet, like imagine that moment with Masai. Like, could you imagine pre-Rugby World Cup final, Steve Henson comes out and is like, fuck England. <laughs> At some like event, <laughs> well, he'd probably mumble it. He'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. "Don't oh, lose, yeah, don't lose your biscuit, mate." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Um. But yeah, the Ra- Raptors, great story. Drake giving it to uh, his uh, his Draymond. <laughs> Draymond on the as he's walking off, it was uh, it was awesome. I know, just the gif of his like face that he pulls to Draymond just. <laughs> Just inject that into my veins. I just, I, will, <laughs> I just want to see that on repeat for the rest of my life. So good. Um, he's basically, to, in my eyes, as soon as Draymond Green kicked Steven Adams in the nuts, he was public enemy number one, and he will forever stay that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, speaking of singers, how about the debut by um, Rod Stewart's son? Yeah. <laughs> nice How's that for a segue? Yeah, wow, that was a class segue right there uh yeah great goal and goal and two assists on his uh nzhl debut and um of course you know we've been um talking to liam for a while and he's kind of been teasing about coming down and so we were stoked like beyond stoked when he told us that he was going to come down um but of course now some of the other new zealand media i guess the more, the more mainstream media getting pretty thirsty on the uh, whole idea of liam stewart oh, yeah. you, you know when you know when women's day are doing something <laughs> It's it's tipped into the mainstream. Not even not even just well, I think it was women's yeah, it was women's weekly. It was but, women's weekly, right? Yeah. Okay. They like put out this it was like a cover from when Liam was born. Um, <laughs> like, you know, Rachel just had Liam. I was just like, Oh, that's kinda that's quite funny. Like that was I enjoyed that. But then you had like the Herald's spy, which is basically like yeah. their TMZ. Um <laughs> Being like, oh, so who's going to come to Queenstown and watch Liam? And they're like, oh, surely, you know, Rachel Hunter will. But what about, what about Rod Stewart? Is he going to come from the UK and watch his son play hockey in Queenstown? And I was like, which well, is, he could. Which is, that, <laughs> and that is such bullshit because that was my headline that I wrote on the ACC. <laughs> and I shared that a Puck Years post. I said, I wonder if Rod Stewart will be doing like singing the national anthems or doing some pregame entertainment. And then they went and stole it and ripped it off to put it on their website. Ah, uh, well. Well, I do work for that. I guess I do work for that. It's the same too. family, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like someone from Sportsnet complaining about someone else from Sportsnet using. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, but it is so awesome 
um, to finally have, I guess, I mean, the caliber of imports that are coming, it's, I just feel like it gets better every year. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the league does struggle in perception and um, reputation at, at times for um, for its organisation and those and those sorts of things. But we are seeing better and better imports coming every year, mm. and I guess that's just a testament of the play and and the clubs in general, not the overall uh, league, I guess. Across the board, and because there are people do. I mean, there's the famous stories of former players saying that this is the most <laughs> dangerous league to play in in the world. Um, I know exactly but, who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's yeah, it's good that every year we're getting better and better players, and you know, it's only going to increase the the skill and um, performance of our own ice blacks and, and future ice blacks going forward. Yeah, absolutely, and it is good to see that there's quite a few of the uh, the junior guys are coming through and finally getting some ice time as well. Yeah, exactly. Like the uh, like Tim Craig, um, brother of Ice Blake's captain Nick, scored his first goal uh, in the in the round three game against Dunedin. Uh, against Canterbury. Round two. Round two. Sorry. See, round you did it a. as well. <laughs> round two a. Um, I know. I know. We talked when we interviewed Nick. Before the world champs, not not this year, last year, he said that his brother was kind of coming along and um, he was maybe hoping to get a, a shot at the Admirals in the next few years. And um, yeah, it's good to see him out there and, and scoring with a nice setup from one of the nicest guys in the NZHL, AJ Spiller. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in that play, like, I mean, in AJ fashion, he could have buried that himself, but he's like, mm. here you go, kid. <laughs> Loved it. That was that was an awesome moment. Um, but yeah, awesome moment, obviously for the Craig family there, um, and for Big Bro Nick to see his his little bro um, score like that, and you know he's, he's played well. Um, and then of course, you know you've got the goat Dale Dale Harrop. Uh, he was recently on Radio Sport. I think it's. I mean, I think they should be commended, especially, you know, Nigel Yeldon's show should be commended for just how much effort they actually put into actively trying to push. Uh, hockey in New Zealand. They're, I think they've got to be about, aside from us, about the only other people that actively do it. So I think it's awesome that they do that. Yeah, good on, good on Nige. He's, a, he's great. He was doing that show from Fiji even and was still wow. uh, interviewing, interviewing Dow. <laughs> so was good. That's so Pretty good. awesome. I love that. Man. But you'd love to be in Fiji right now, judging by the sounds of uh, how the New Zealand weather is at the moment. <laughs> Uh, and so, with the there's a there's been a change this year with the NZHL about the the import goalie rule. Yeah, so I think the way I understand it is um, they've actually removed the limitation on um, the minutes that they play. Right. I guess uh, you know, obviously you you saw it with um, I think the Swarm were a good case of that. You know, just because they technically they had two import goalies. Yeah, um, with Joel, yeah. with Joel and uh, Colin Langham, and um, so you know it's it creates quite a bit of a headache trying to manage those minutes. You know, you've got other things to worry about in the game rather than counting down how many minutes a goalie's played. Mm, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I I, I commend the the uh, NZHL for removing that, and I think that's why you're going to see uh, the likes of Adam Goss. Um, you got uh, Alex Murray with the Stampede, and then you've got uh, Henry Tickenden with. Um, 
the Dunedin Thunder, they're probably all going to play like quite a big role. Um, you know, and there's still new other Kiwi guys coming through as well. Um, which would be interesting to see. Obviously, Finlay Forbes is now with the Admirals rather than the Red Devils. Yeah, exactly. And he, he looking pretty good up in the in the blue and blue and gold. Yeah, yeah, I know. So um, I guess maybe now Chaba can uh, be like what Rick did with Chaba. Chaba can now do a Finlay, and then Finlay can be like the guy for like many years to come. Yeah, but um, I think we mentioned him just before, but he's got to be maybe like my new favorite player. And it's Henry Tickenden, the Dunedin goalie. It's quite an interesting story here. He reached out to us, actually. Um, and then uh, the Thunder's social media uh, manager, Megan, who does an incredible job with what she does, um, she sort of divulged further on those details. But Henry, actually, um, he's been listening to the podcast for quite a while. And he's basically, he's learned how to, he's, he's from Finland. He's learned English from listening to our podcast. How crazy is wow. that? <laughs> he, must have, he must have terrible English. I, I really want to meet him and just <laughs> see if he talks like one of us. Yeah, I could I could think of better people to learn English off than us. We're <laughs> constantly mumbling and fumbling our way through through <laughs> the language, but that is a crazy story. Yeah. That is, and that is ba- very cool. Yeah, and basically like, I think he said like, you know, he, obviously, he learned a lot about the league um, from listening to us and then off- learning about the women's game with, like, the Ice Ferns and the women's league um, and just, you know, anything else kind of to do with New Zealand hockey. He's like, yeah, he's like, I've learned so much about New Zealand hockey from just listening to you guys. So um, I wonder if there's other, like, imports out there like that that have kind of learned from, like, listening to us or watching the videos and whatnot. So I think that's really cool that um, we can in some way help um and like uh, yeah it's awesome to see guys like henry come down to Dunedin and, and you know have an impact yeah it's very very cool i mean we could we could claim that liam Stewart was a was a fan of the podcast and oh i mean yeah but we perhaps <laughs> convince we convinced him to come down i can i reckon we could claim that i don't know if we can though but like <laughs> um pretty sure it wasn't us that recruited him <laughs> but very much happy he's here that's for sure uh, but yeah, um, I mean, there's still so much more hockey to play, um, with the NZHL, you know, we go, and you mentioned obviously the, um, rematch between the Admirals and the Stampede and like, that's not happening until like mid June. When is it? Yeah. Um, yo, it's nearly the end of June, like 21st of June, uh, in Queenstown, which I think is kind of when, uh, winter festival is wrapping up. So that should be a pretty fun weekend. Should, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Shit, yes. Hey, um, I guess we haven't really talked since you've been, you went to Mexico or in Colorado and with the Ice Blacks, so let's let's just get into that. Um, That's not as good as your other segue. No, that, that was, I'd give that like a C minus, perhaps. <laughs> um, how was it? Like, I, it's, I guess, definitely a, a turning point moment for the sport as a as a whole in this country having someone embedded in there producing content and and shooting stuff and being part of the camp from the start to finish um do you want to talk about a little bit of what it was like being in that environment yeah i mean i just i mean i'm just absolutely i was blown away and just honored 
to be able to have that opportunity to kind of to be embedded in that culture. Um, and when I say embedded in their culture, like I had to, like I had to live up to their standards as well. They, they set a very high standard uh, for themselves in the way they present themselves. Um, you know, like at dinner, no hats at the table. Um, and then if you do, you'll get, you know, there's, they have like a fine system and you have to chuck in a dollar. Um, and yeah, just, I mean, that's the one that I, cause I always, <laughs> I'm bad with my hat. I always, I always forget. So I got pinged a few times, but I can, I really respect and appreciate how much, um, you know, importance they put on establishing such a strong team culture because, uh, I noticed it definitely helped a lot with, you know, there was quite a few new guys coming in this year. Um, mm -hmm. you know, guys like, uh, Robin Vordanov, uh, who had never been like with the ice blacks before, um, you know, and obviously like Stephen Mawson as well and guys like Benjamin Gavois and you got Ryan Strayer, you know, and like Jackson Lane, they're all just coming in and they just fit in so naturally and like just effortlessly, um, they all played their role and did really well, but it just, I don't know, like it just definitely, it really opened my eyes, like opened my eyes to how hard they work. Um, yeah. like it's like, it's unbelievable. And like, I mean, you're going to see that, um, <clears throat> when our ice blacks documentary comes out, uh, like, I mean, I shot almost, oh God, what was it? It was close to 40 hours of footage. Wow. That's and, crazy. I mean, that includes about two <clears throat> to three hours of interviews as well. I did basically two days when we we're in Mexico on our off days, I set up, um, uh, like, like interview set up in my hotel room and it's basically they it was basically like a media junket that one would come in we'd chat for 20 minutes he'd go and then the next guy would come in and then so <laughs> by the end of the day i'm surprised i had any voice left but yeah um yeah just oh man like unbelievable experience honestly i i don't who knows if that will ever happen again <laughs> Um, it's, it's obviously quite an undertaking being away from home, uh, for three weeks and yep. a lot of work. I mean, yeah, like you can't, uh, you can't underestimate like those guys worked hard. I worked hard as well to try and, um, showcase, I guess, how hard they work. And, um, I mean, you saw a bit of coverage back home in New Zealand. I mean, I think obviously I think people would latch on to it a bit more if, they got the results that they wanted and they, I mean, if they won gold, they, I would hope that people would be more into it. Obviously, unfortunately they won bronze. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, New Zealand, they, <laughs> they like to back a winner and, and that's that. Um, but you know, it's just, yeah, like I said, open my eyes, man. Um, incredible three weeks with that team. Um, the one thing that I definitely came away from, from that trip was, um, I'd kind of like to be, I know it's, it's a bit left field, but kind of interested in becoming a video coach. Right. Yeah. Like I know, I just really loved being in like in the environments. Like I just, the amount of access I had, uh, was, was ridiculous. Like I was in the locker room most, most times, sometimes I would kind of peel back and just, you know, give them the privacy, but, um, and then all the team meetings I was in there and I just, yeah um absolutely um honored and just feel so privileged that they would kind of um welcome me in to the level that they did you know yeah like um so yeah hats off to like the ice blacks management the coaching stuff all the players um just made me feel so welcome and 
I just hope that I can help, even though they didn't get the result that they wanted. I think there's, there's definitely still a story there um, in the team and, you know, who they are. Like, it, to me, it's more about the Ice Blacks as a whole. Um, I feel like the documentary is going to be more about the journey than the result. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, uh, just, yeah, awesome time. Was, the, was there um, any of the guys in the, in the squad um, that you didn't really know a lot about but came away after – being with them for those those three weeks and just uh, changed like you're like I, know, I didn't really know much about this guy but he is a really interesting and um, intriguing character. Not Dale Harrop. No, <laughs> we already know. We already knew that. Um, he's a guy. He's good. Um, Stephen Amston, uh, you know, defenseman for the uh, Stampede. Uh, <laughs> he's like New Zealand's own Swedish defenseman. I feel like every everyone should have one. Uh, I I thought he was Swedish. And then he was in the ice blakes, and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, he must be a New Zealander." <laughs> yeah. So this is what I this is what I found out, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I I didn't know before, but he is a second generation ice black. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, when he, when Stefan told is that me, the, is that the first ever? That's what he tells me. <laughs> so I'll believe. I mean, I'll believe it um, because obviously soon there will be chalices and haze. Yeah. <laughs> just sometime, just littering the ice blacks in about. 15 to 20 years. Um, I just, yeah, that was, that kind of blew my mind as well, actually. Um, yeah, just getting to spend a bit of time with Stefan, learning more about him. Um, he was definitely one and getting the, getting to know, uh, Benjamin Gavois more like the French Kiwi dude, that guy He's just got such an awesome personality. He's so funny. Um, he's, he likes to he likes to stir the pot a little bit. He's quite cheeky, but you know, his heart is always in the right place, and he's just there to have a good time and do the work. And yeah, um, but honestly, there's there's not a bad like not a bad but like there's not a bad bunch at all. Like not a guy in there that I wouldn't just be like, man, the guy's awesome. Um, another like I mean, probably didn't get to spend as much time with them as I would like to kind of get to know them better. But um, like Ryan Strayer, man, that dude, just always a smile on his face. Like he's got a great, great beard too. Yeah. He had a bit more trimmed up. Um, I like it when he grows long. Hopefully if the stampede do a good run, he'll, he'll let it go long again. And you know, he'll have that whole like Joe Thornton S kind of beard going for the uh, winter games. But um, no, he's, he's a good dude as well. I think just, I mean, that whole team is awesome. Um, and then of course next year they're heading off to Finland, uh, for 2020. So he's hoping that that's where they do the business and finally get their gold. Now who, who and why was it, were you guys in a party bus? (laughs) Who was responsible for that? So, okay. Funny story. Uh, Who's dancing in that video? And then why even like, why the hell were you in a party bus in Colorado? I can't even remember who was dancing in that video, but I mean, I think the ACC posted it. Uh, but the whole story behind that was because uh, we were in Vail and the team needed to get to Aspen uh, for another one of the warrant games against the Aspen Leafs. And when they said the team was the Leafs, I was like, really? <laughs> like, we're not playing the Maple Leafs because I'm pretty sure they're available right now. well they almost were they were still in the playoffs let's be fair um but yeah no in Vail there is one bus company 
and it is a party bus company. So that's that. <laughs> that was the only way we were getting to Aspen was on a party <laughs> bus. <laughs> and it was all uh, green and sh- it looked like a, I think it was meant to look like a turtle. Yeah. So right. good times. No, it was very, very interesting. I mean, any, any time there's a sandstorm, sandstorm um, related piece of content that the ACC is usually going to be all over it. So, um, and I heard the whispers that once that happened, people were yelling, get that to the ACC, get that to the <laughs> ACC. There may have been a bit of that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say who, but yeah, as soon as it happened, I was like, Joe's going to love this. I knew you'd put it up straight away. Um, <laughs> so that was awesome. Yeah. No, nah, dude. Um, party bus all the way. It was great. It was a great um, few, few hours in Aspen. <laughs> Um, I, I wanted to ask about the the actual tournament. So, I mean, bloody Israel, coached by Bobby Halik. Yeah. Oh man, how, cra- I, how crazy is that? I tried so, and I, I think I did pretty well. I tried so hard not to fanboy. Um, I loved Bobby Halik uh, when he was with the Devils, um, and then just there he is. I was like, wait why is he here? And he goes, oh, he's the coach of Israel. I was like, holy shit. Um, yeah, he, I mean, <laughs> he's obviously a good coach. He coached that team very well to the to a gold medal. Because before the tournament, it was like Iceland were the, the kind of the big favorites between them and New Zealand to take gold. And then all of a sudden, Israel come out and just, yeah, they've got Bobby Holik behind the bench and then uh the dominant team of the tournament. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, ourselves included, I definitely feel like we didn't um, kind of credit Israel as much as we probably should have uh, or considered them as much as we should have. But, um, yeah, I mean, they were, they were really good. And one thing I thought was interesting, I'd never seen this before, but you know when we do, like, the video highlights, um, obviously, like, because we just do the New Zealand games, and so, like, um, you know, New Zealand fans share it. And, uh, like we appreciate that, but this time around <clears throat> tons of Israel fans jumped on and the team and like the hockey association, uh, were all sharing the highlights. So, um, we got a ton of views from Israel <laughs> all right. for a few days. Yeah. Uh, that was quite good. Um, but Iceland, man, what a team, like they had a guy, I didn't end up getting a photo cause I thought it'd kind of be weird. Uh, there was a guy in the team that looked so much like you. It was uncanny. Um, had the ginger beard to go with it as well. Um, but they were like, I think after the tournament, we were, they were like, oh, so where's where's the next one going to be? And then they were like, oh, can it be in New Zealand? We really want to come to New Zealand. And then the Icebox were like, oh, but we really want to go back to Iceland. And then, of course, the Icebox got their way. They're going back to Iceland. But um, yeah, those Iceland dudes, like, Great guys, that's for sure. Um, and Georgia definitely surprised quite a few people, being the team that mm. came up from uh, Division Three. Um, I think people probably you know discredited them probably almost instantly because they were the team that came up. I mean, they're kind of like the unknown, really. And I mean, that's how the Ice Blacks treated them. They were the unknown, um, and uh, I mean, they did really well. So curious to see how things go down next year in uh, Iceland. That's for sure. And what what was the rink like being in that mall? Uh, it was nothing short of terrible. 
That is for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> like you, you show up, we showed up the day, like the day before and the, the ice is just so wet. Um, the, the Zamboni goes down. They're laying such a thick layer of water and it's barely started to freeze and the team is coming out for their practice. Um, so they basically, they were swimming. And yeah. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of the teams weren't happy with it, but then of course they're like, Hey, we all have to deal with the same ice. So they kind of just moved on. Um, and you know, they've been professional about it like that, which is good. But, um, obviously being in a mall creates quite a few, um, uh, I guess barriers and elements to deal with. So, I mean, it was kind of cool that the food court was right next door. So you could just pop along to, um, Dairy Queen and get yourself an ice cream or there was Carl's Jr. Or there was a pizza place. Um, there was a Burger King. So, you know, it was even a Panda Express. You had all the options. Did, um, did you or anyone in the squad or the, like, in the, maybe not in the team, but in the, in the traveling squad fall ill to, uh, some bad Mexican tacos? Uh, yeah. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably about half the team. Um, right. myself included. I, I think it came from the very last day. Um, not even like the, la- the last day of tournament, like the day that we were flying out. Um, we had breakfast and I think in that breakfast there was like leftover taco meat from the night before. Like the night before the tacos were amazing. Um, so, and then <laughs> I didn't feel ill then. Uh, I reckon it must've come from the breakfast. Um, the leftover, like really in hindsight, probably should have thought better of it and not have gone for the chicken. Um, that was potentially from the night before. Uh, but it just, it was so good. Um, it was like chicken fajitas, like kind of like mix. It was amazing. But, um, yeah, I, I know a few of the guys definitely, um, (laughs) we're feeling worse for wear at least a week after myself included. Uh, it took quite a while to sort of get out of your system, which is crazy. Like it doesn't, I mean, it's the first time I've kind of been sick like that, but I would have thought it wouldn't take seven to 10 days for it to go away. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would have made it for an interesting flight home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, it kind of, I, I was lucky. I feel like I know about the other guys. Um, Cause some of the guys actually stayed on and like they're smart. They stay on and have a little trip in Mexico with their, um with their partners. Yeah. Um, I, I saw talk- Hendo went to like New Orleans and stuff with Fraser. Yeah. With yeah. Fraser Ellis. They looked like they had an awesome time. And then, you know, Blake stayed back. Um, you know, Nick Ellis stayed back. I think Dale did quite a bit of a holiday as well. Um, but so yeah, there, I mean, there was still a good hand few, a handful of the guys coming back to New Zealand, um, via Sydney. And as soon like I was, I think about halfway through the flight, I just felt so fatigued. Um, but I, I struggled to sleep on planes. And I, I tried my best. And I just couldn't. And um, as soon as I landed in Sydney, man, I was at bag drop. And I was just like, there's, there's something going on here. <laughs> I don't feel great. Um, I definitely, uh, like, I feel like a couple of times on the plane, I definitely, like, you know, like, completely, like, blacked out for a moment. Um, which I just kind of put down to fatigue and being tired. But as soon as I was on the ground... I was just like, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm going to be sick. That's for sure. And then <laughs> I think I basically spent that day in bed. I was just, I was so dead. Um, so yeah, didn't, I'm really lucky that it didn't happen until it was all over. But yeah, Mexico definitely kicked a few of our asses. That's for sure. God, it's good food though. Jesus, good food. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were treated well. Definitely. I mean, Mexico were great hosts. Uh, and that sense, all up, all the teams up in the same hotel. It was awesome. So, yeah, um, working hard on that documentary. Obviously, aiming to have a premiere out for the Winter Games, and mm-hmm. and then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, obviously, we've got the Wellington documentary coming up very shortly as well. It's not going to be anywhere near as long as the Size Blacks one might be, <laughs> but what they're doing in Wellington is awesome. So definitely wanted to highlight it. Um, but yeah, I feel like maybe that's kind of where we should <laughs> wrap things up. This was meant to be like a 20 minute podcast and it's now 40. Well, it's been, it's been a while. We've it had has. so much to talk about. So, um, I hope everyone else has found it as interesting as you have. <laughs> <laughs> we derailed it a little bit with some NBA chat. So we're, yeah. we're, we apologize for that. If you, Go right, um, if you have if you're angry about how much NBA was in this, but um, you can you can have your money back. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Complaining about free content that you get. It's the way of the world. But yeah, um, we're definitely going to get back into uh, having more uh, interviews and guests and stuff. I mean, this is great, but I definitely like interviewing players more than just yeah, talking absolutely. about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, um, we've we've got some exciting stuff coming up, but we can't really talk about that. So we'll. Uh, We'll leave it at that. What a tease. All right. I'm just going to leave it at that. Roll the outro. We'll see you guys uh, hopefully next week. Peace. Park yeah. It's New Zealand's home for hockey. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favorite podcast app for the latest episodes. Follow the team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Park yeah NZ. And for your fix of hockey news, go to parkyear.nz. Yeah.